Hello and welcome to the Quantum Woman podcast. My name is Shamina Taylor and I am your host. You know, I've been thinking about doing a podcast, let's say since 2019, I think it's the first time I hired someone to do it and I never did it. And people have been asking me, Shamina, are you going to be starting this podcast? When is it coming out? When are you going to be doing it? And finally, the day has come where I have said it's happening, which is something that I say all the time, but it really is happening. In today's episode, you're going to hear how the quantum woman brand and how I, um, my story, how I came about, how did an attorney um, go from being an attorney to now a spiritual teacher, somebody who teaches about wealth has become an expert about wealth and um, helping women um, run their businesses and become the most powerful version of who they be. So welcome, sit back, relax, enjoy. Every time you listen to me, I'm going to let you know right now, there's going to be some sort of frequency and consciousness. So I want you to understand that, um, allow yourself to, to shift, have the shifts. Okay. So let's go back to a cold winter night. It was July, sorry, July. it was January 9th, 2013. And, um, a friend of mine at the time, she, uh, was getting B-roll done uh, for a TV segment that she was on. And we went to another, uh, she was a yogi. And um, we walked into another friend's yogi uh, yoga studio. And I had done yoga about three times. As I'm walking into this studio, I already knew the TV guy was going to be there. So I made sure I had my cutest Lululemon stuff on. I walked in, I could see the condensation on the walls. I could smell the incense burning. I could still smell it to this day. There was like a life-size Buddha sitting in front with like these wispy white drapes. The walls were like a green colored. And I was walking in, you know, slightly intimidated, but excited about the fact that we have a cameraman here and he's going to be filming us. My greatest thing on earth was wanting to be on TV, you know? And so I'm like, this is my moment that the room was completely packed. As we walked in, I went up to the camera guy and I said to him, don't pan on me too much. I don't know what I'm doing, but really it was like, Hey, don't miss me and watch me, you know, what I'm doing. My girlfriend had already set up a map for me on the side, on the edge. Um, strategically, I believe in that point, I remember sit, go, sitting down on it. I placed my phone beside me. And if you know anything about yoga, you're really not supposed to bring your phone into the yoga room, but, um, that was me. I brought it in. As we uh, commenced, we um, just started going up and down. We're like another dog down, up and down, up and down. At some point, I was like about 15 minutes in. I looked over at my, my uh, phone. I'm like, it's only been 15 minutes. She's had us do like literally 50 dog up and downs. And I was getting annoyed because I'm like, she's showing off for the camera or something. I felt like P90X here. As we're going through up and down, we finally, okay, get down to the mat. She's like, put one, one leg this way, one knee this way, put the other one knee this way. And it was not a position that my body was comfortable going into, to be quite honest with you. And I was struggling and I was forcing myself to get into this position and being a bodybuilder at the time and, you know, heavily uh, hitting the gym. It was a, it was a big feat. We don't, we don't have a lot of flexibility, but as she was saying this, and I'm struggling to go into this moves. She's talking and she's like, are you really happy with your life? You know, 
do you, do you live every life excited? And as I'm listening to this, I'm getting annoyed with her because she's asking me how happy I am. And in this moment, I'm literally turning into a pretzel. But as this moment was happening for me, something extraordinary was happening. I was forcing myself to go into this position. And as she was asking if we were happy, I could feel myself shaking as I'm putting one leg one way the other way and really holding this position. And I started asking myself, am I really that happy? I'd literally forgot who Shanina was. I had the most beautiful life. I had two beautiful children, a boy and a girl. I was in a marriage with a man that completely loved me. I was an attorney. We just a few years prior had built our dream home. We had just traveled back from an extraordinary vacation in Spain and celebrating my birthday in Miami. We had all the things. We just had the big, biggest celebration at my house. I had so many friends. And yet in that moment, I couldn't tell you if I was happy. I could tell you that I wasn't. And I didn't understand why. As she kept talking, I'm pressing one leg one way, one, one leg the other way. And I started trembling shaking you know that feeling when you're just pushing your body to the limits i'm pushing 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 and then all of a sudden this pain was overcoming i couldn't i couldn't understand what this pain was i just kept trying to fight through it as i was fighting through this physical pain i started crying this pain turned to emotional pain and i started bawling i no longer could feel my legs but all i felt was this heaviness being released from me for the first time in my life it felt like my shoulders went I could finally release. I'd forgotten who Shamita was. I don't even know if I knew who she was. I had all the things you're supposed to check off on the list. Perfect looking life. I was Instagram, Facebook, perfect. I had all the things. We would go on vacations wearing the same colored outfits. We were just the cutest little family. And yet in that moment, everything that I was burying underneath me, everything that I'd pushed below the surface was coming up. And I could no longer ignore it. And I just kept crying. I had the most ugliest cry you'd ever had on this mat. I never got out of that position. I stayed there the entire rest of the yoga class with my head down, holding that little sponge, crying. And the shirt that I was wearing didn't have much material, so I could barely wipe away the snot that was everywhere. But I was in this moment, as I lifted my head up at the end of the class, people had come over and were rubbing my back. I'm like, something's got to change. There was a before and after for this moment. I knew that was a pinnacle moment. That was an awakening of moments. Something extraordinary happened to me there. I I'd left my body in many ways, but I knew that I could no longer unsee what I saw. I could no longer unfeel what I was feeling. I could no longer numb it out. I could no longer run and hide from the pain. It was there already. And um, there was no more pretending. So after that class, I talked to my gal, my girlfriends and they're like, yep, this has to happen. I didn't really feel like divorce was the thing at the moment because I couldn't even fathom it because I had no family here in Chicago area. And I had two little kids. This just, at the time, he was the breadwinner, even though I was an attorney working, he made the most of my money. I couldn't even imagine, you know, he was my best friend. That was not even a, a thought in the moment. And went home and He's like, how was class? It was like, good. It wasn't the moment to talk. A few days later, we talked. We hadn't talked like that in years. It had been like, I don't know, three something hours of talking and we decided to go to therapy. And um, the therapist suggested that he moved out. And that was a moment that I knew everything was going to change. 
I was walking on eggshells because I wasn't being truly authentically who I was in my life or my marriage. I was living in survival mode, which I'll, you'll learn as you're listening to this podcast, what that really means and why so many women do it. I was in the, my pure masculine state of surviving. I knew how to be a high achiever. I was in bodybuilding competitions. I knew how to excel, work, push through, do what I needed to do, run on real little sleep, get everything done, have my extravagant um, holiday parties, have all the friends, have a very big, busy social life. But deep down inside, something was definitely disconnected from who I was as a person. So a month later, on a mutual decision, he moved out, but I never cried so much. I knew that he wasn't going to move home. After that moment, I kept searching for answers. What do I do? How do I, do I, do I save this marriage? Do I go forward? We always want that clarity, even though our intuition is always telling us what we need to do. We're searching for other things. Can it confirm what I'm thinking? Can it give me what I need? I need to have absolute clarity that this is the right decision because we never want to make a wrong decision based on wrong information. We always want to make sure it's right, even though deep down we know, we know. And I remember going to this psychic and she, I meant to, I went to a lot of them because I'm like, tell me the thing. And she said, your third eye is closed. And I was like, what the hell is a third eye? And how do we get this bitch open right now? Like, cause overachiever me, I'm like, there's something in me that's not open. I need, oh, okay. So I called up a yogi and I said, one of the yogis that owned the studio, I said, how, how do I open my third eye? She says, I have a healer for you. Okay. At this moment, I was seeing a therapist and I was also um, now going to go start seeing a healer. So I went to the healer and I said, I need to get my third eye open. She's like, okay, we'll work on this. But what I didn't even know what was happening to me is that I was having a very, very, very spiritual awakening of my life. It seems like spirit has been coming to me since 2012, maybe before that, um, just trying to awaken me to what was next in my life. As I was going through this process, I realized that there was something deeper that I was here to do. There was something greater for me. It wasn't just being an attorney. It wasn't just being a mom. It wasn't just being a wife. It wasn't just being a friend. It was something greater and deeper than I could have ever imagined. And when I realized that there was something here for me, I had to really sit down with it and be like, okay, how do I get to that next level? And as I went to the healer, I started telling her, look, I'm seeing 11-11 everywhere. I remember going to the bar and because um, I was going out partying a little bit in the beginning and picking up the phone, I kept seeing 11-11. I'm like, what is this? It happened so many times. I'm like, I needed to look it up. And when I looked it up, it means like it's a sign of awakening. And I was talking to her. I keep seeing angel numbers. I don't know what's going on because I researched them. And I just started seeing signs on license plates. Like sometimes it'd be a whole sentence on there. It'd be like, make sure you're staying in your light or you were saved or um, have a gratitude or you're amazing. Go all in. You're meant to be on TV. I have like thousands of license plates because I found the spirit was always trying to speak to me. Being an attorney where we live off evidence, this was a big deal for me because I was like, okay, am I wacky? What's going on here? What's going on here? This wasn't logistically something that I could explain. And being very masculine and a woman in her masculine, it was really hard for me to understand that there was this whole world that was existing that I didn't even know existed. And now I was being a part of it. I would start thinking things and they would, be, they would come true. As I started my journey, I had a couple months after the separation when my ex-husband moved out and um, I went into something called monk mode. It was about three months later. I 
decided this was the time for me to really just concentrate on me, really work on why did my marriage not work? Why was I so unhappy? Why did I stay there so long? Why didn't we fix anything? Why did we just become roommates? What was it? What is it about me that I needed to heal? The marriage was just a byproduct of me not being happy, me not getting into the place of being emotionally um, aware or having self-mastery or understanding who I was. So Wayne Dyer came to me. So many different spiritual teachers came to me and I started learning. I started reading. I read books. I just kept going to seminars. I'm like, what is this? I learned and I experienced so many different healing modalities during this time period. For three and a half years, I was celibate. I was just like pouring into myself. I did not want to be in a relationship. I didn't want to have anybody in my life. I wanted to understand who I was as a human, who I was as a spirit, and what was I supposed to be doing in this lifetime and on this journey. When I tell you it was a very fulfilling but lonely time at the same time, it was like I had to go into this solace. It's like I had to go into this place of just turning inwards. And during that time, a lot of my friends, you know, didn't stay on the journey with me. And then I had new friends that came in. They went out. Every time I went up, it was like I elevated and different people came into my life. You know, I have um, understood now from my journey that um, a lot of the reasons why I was in my wounded masculine, you're going to learn all about wounded masculine and the wounded feminine on this podcast as well. But one of the things is that I had a level of trauma. And I remember when I went into the therapist's office, I said to her, I just want to deal with the divorce. She looked at me, she's like, okay, you know, she's like, uh-huh. Um, She's like, we probably need to talk about, you know, other traumas happening in your life. I'm like, um, I don't want to talk about my dad. And she's like, well, we're probably gonna have to talk about that. Well, we eventually did. You know, the thing about healing is that it's so, it's so crazy. You know, so many layers to it. I mean, you could be doing it forever. And as I started working on healing myself and going to therapy and going to the healer, I realized that there were so many wounds that were within me that I did not touch. And, you know, many of the times people are like, well, just go back and revise it. But when you've been through a level of trauma that's been so traumatic that it is stuck in your um, nervous system, you can try and use mindset all day long and get yourself to a certain place. But when your body is responding and is having a response like a PTSD, there's nothing you can do that will trump it every day. And when I started really working on money and I started working on relationships and I started working on my mentoring, I realized that that was part of the puzzle too with this, you know, having deep somatic healing in the, in the nervous system and learning how to really soothe myself was really important. So I will dedicate another podcast to this, but I will give the shorter version of this since this is the story. I was 16 years old. I thought I was 15. So you might hear me say 15 in different places, but it was 16. And I don't really remember it much because a lot of that time period in my life was really blacked out. So as I was doing this healing work, I realized there was a very traumatic moment in my life that I knew about, but I never told anybody about. Like there's very few people knew about it. I never talked about it rather. It was something that I just ignored, pushed away. And I just tried to just keep going. But then when I was 16 years old and I didn't know it was Halloween, my mother had to tell me, um, my brother, um, I'd, I'd run away from home for two days. I was, a, I, you know, I was a child that was always running away from home. There was a lot going on at home. And that was one of my 
my coping mechanisms was to take off. I was also, you know, your typical teen. I was rebelling like most teenagers do, but it wasn't uh, welcomed very well. And um, when I was 16, I remember calling home because I had gone for two days. I told them where I was. I said, I'm coming home now. And on the phone, I remember speaking to um, my mom and dad at the time. And I told my dad, you're going to have to tell mom what's going on. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, well, I heard you on the phone with that lady. And, you know, my dad was like, what are you talking about? I go, I know you're, I know you're cheating on mom. And dead seller is on the phone. I knew I was probably in for something when I went home. I didn't know exactly what I was going to be facing. Well, I, I'm able to tell this story now without an emotional charge, by the way. But it's also a big deal that I'm putting it on my podcast because it's freeing me. But I also feel like sharing my story is going to free so many of you that have some shame or have had some trauma in your life that has blocked you, you know, I'm going to talk all about different things, but this is the root. I do believe we are the blueprint of our life and business. And I'm not saying that we always have to go in and dig, but if you've got an, if you've got an event in your life that you have not been able to get good healing around it, or really have a place where you can have an understanding or you can really under, you know, have be in a place of peace with it. And I am in a place with peace right now that I can share this. And so I want, before I share this, if you have experienced any trauma and this might not be something that you want to hear, um, just fast forward a little bit, but, um, I also feel it's really freeing, you know, um, parents didn't know how to raise us back then. You know, they didn't tell us like it was okay to feel your emotions. They didn't say like, how are you feeling? Are you happy right now? Are you sad? It's okay. Your emotions are powerful. No, anyway. I got off the phone. I think her name was Tamara. I was at her house and I went home, walked through the door. I don't remember everything. So all the details are pretty shoddy. And I remember going up to my room, that part I remember. I don't remember how I got back downstairs. Maybe I went downstairs. They called me downstairs. And the next thing I remember, because again, it's, it's all blacked out. I don't remember. I don't remember a lot of things, but I remember being in this living room and it was they had really thin pink carpet in there and i just remember my dad being on top of me because that's usually how he would beat me um straddle on top of me and pin me on the ground because i was really strong i was a very strong i was a strong girl i did shop but i was very strong and i was an athlete um and lifting weights and whatnot but i remember him being on top of me and i remember him taking my head and smashing it into the ground repeatedly over and over again i remember you know smelling the fiber of the cheap carpet and I remember fighting for my life. And I remember there was like this phone that we had um, on a cradle. Um, you know, those old phones, uh, you guys, some of you might be too young to remember them, but they're phones that they laid on top of each other. You know, with like if you put your two hands together, those kind of phones, well, we had one from, I think it was back in the seventies. I can't remember how long, but that phone was still around. And it was, it was, uh, it had sharp edges. It had a rectangle edges. I remember just trying to grab anything just trying to reach for anything. And I grabbed this phone and I was able to hit him in the face. And I believe it cut his, his, his chin, I sorry, his, his cheek. And that was my moment. I remember, I remember I'm not going to die. And I remember getting out 
and I'm moving free. I did not believe that I was going to successfully come out of that. I feel like I was fighting for my life. It was, it wouldn't stop. It was over and over and over and over and over and over. And it was a continuous, continuous thing that was happening. So what I did was I um, ran to the neighbor's house. I remember being barefoot. I only found out years later that it was Halloween. I actually don't remember anything about um, anything about it. And I remember calling the police and going to a girlfriend's house um, for afterwards. And then that was it. There was no therapy. My, my mom begged me to come home and not press charges at the time. And um, that's what I did. And I never got help. I never got therapy. It was one of those things that I just very deep in me. I remember sleeping in the closet for a really long time because I didn't feel safe because my body would shake. And, um, you know, I, I wanted to do all the things that teenagers did. I wanted to date and I wanted to, you know, be able to go to parties, meet friends. And I didn't have all of that. My parents still like were very controlling. Um, little bit by little bit, I was getting out and but that's the story. And for decades, I just kept that buried inside of me and I did not share it. And I went to one lady and she said, run away as fast as you can when you're older. And that was basically all she said. So the trauma that was lived in me for years. And as I was getting divorced, I realized that all the things that I had buried in me, I became so good at surviving. And what happens is when you learn how to survive, you start reparenting yourself to create your own version of what the masculine feels like. So what I did was, is I had to start protecting myself the best way I knew how, which was creating this shield, which you'll learn more about in this podcast as you listen and creating that shield to keep anybody from hurting me ever again. And I just kept it there. And I just kept trying to just be the best version of myself. So the perfectionist was born. Also a version of me who's looking for validation because when your own father rejects you on that level, um, your self-worth does get a little disseminated and you start, you know, really like, am I lovable? Decades later, I can say yes. So that happened. And I realized that I had never gotten the healing from it. And I had spent actually, that was the last time my dad ever hit me. But for two years, it was a constant, maybe three, actually. It was a constant, I think it was about 12 and a half or 13 is when the beatings really started. It, boys came into the picture. He was very aggressive with me and he was very brutal. Um, but that was the last time he ever touched me and hit me. I went on to have some forgiveness towards my dad, you know, years later, um, he never said sorry to me, but I did learn to try and salvage a relationship with him. Um, but I realized though, that it, it wasn't one that was going to be safe forever, but I did the best I could with what I, what I had. I've learned to have peace with it now. And I help women also have peace within themselves. I'm going to tell you why this is so important because your, your mess is your message, you know? what you've been through is not who you are. It's just what you've been through. And when you can really understand that there's a difference between what you've experienced and who you are, many people feel unworthy because of a parent doing things to them or a significant other. And when you understand that it's you or you at the core of who you are is still a beautiful human and 
you know, people's choices of what they've done and how they were raised and what their experiences are, they don't have to be yours. And you can choose at any time to feel very loved and validated. So I worked on myself deeply. And nine and a half years later, the work is still here on different levels. My heart is wide open now. I've learned to trust. I've learned to heal. I've learned to allow so many beautiful experiences in my life. In 2017, um, I went to a Dr. Joe event because I had to really understand what was happening to me. You know, I started working on healing things and all of a sudden I would have this like magic show up. I'm like, when I would shift a belief or I would do a little bit of healing work, I would think of something and then it would just appear. So I realize now that I definitely have this ability to to manifest what I wanted to. And um, it was the most powerful thing ever. It was the most, it was the most powerful thing ever. And um, I understood that clearer thought, you're clearing deep energy, you can create this manifestation. So I thought I had cracked the code on something. I thought I was like this master at manifesting. I didn't know manifesting was being taught out there, but I'm like, when I think something, it happens. When I think this, it's created. I'm like, this is fantastic. And then I realized that people teach manifesting out there, but they weren't teaching it like how I did. It was literally a creation that happened along the way. And I had to start teaching it. So 2017, I went to a Dr. Joe event, Dr. Joe, uh, it was a five day event. Cause I really loved his meditations at the time and my Kundalini awoken. I went there and I had this massive, massive awakening during one of the breath works. I was there with four other ladies. I called them the golden girls, little ladies. And, uh, I remember taking a deep breath in and I'm like, something is trying to come up. They're like, go with it, go with it. Next time I went into the workshop, I took a deep breath and I went with it and yeah. This explosion came over me. I shot out of my seat. I was shaking. I put my foot forward. It's like I went on a roller coaster, came up and went down. And I was like, where am I? Like I'd never experienced something so supernatural at the time. And my head kept shaking. And all of a sudden, it was like this energy was going right, left, right, left throughout my body. I could feel it like just going through. And I'm like, what is next? I started researching about when your Kundalini awakenings awakens because a gal, a girl that was there, she overheard me talking because I think your Kundalini awoke. And I'm like, how do I do this? I need help. And so I started researching and that's when I decided to become a Reiki master, a healer, so I can help adjust my energy. I started learning more about how to really process energy. And I realized that there was something that I tapped into on a consciousness level that I had no idea. And now, you know, they say that certain people go to different ashrams to get like different gurus to beat this out of them, to get this Kundalini woken. And it just, they, you get chosen. You, everybody has a serpent energy in them and you get chosen. And I believe there was a reason why I was chosen. Like every step of the way on my journey, there has been something that's taking me, leading me, guiding me to that next level. And I've just been trusting. Um, I'm going to save the Tony Robbins, um, that whole story for another podcast, because it was really amazing. But prior to that in 2016, I remember getting signs to go see Tony Robbins. And I was like, okay, why do I need to go? I kept looking. I had no money at the time. And I will explain this story to you in another podcast because it's a long one, but there was something that really magical happened there. 
and maybe I'll do that on episodes coming up because it'll talk about um, this this next level that I really stepped into. You know what? No, I'm going to just do it right now. So Tony Robbins kept coming to me. Listen, I had no money back in 2016. I was got divorced in 2015. I was barely making it. I uh, kept my house and I had a lot of expenses at the time. And um, I literally had no money coming in. I was really trying to find the next thing that I was doing. I had this calling coming to me. I'm like, I wasn't practicing law anymore. It was like, you were here for something big. You have to go do this thing. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go do this thing. What is this thing though? I need more guidance. So then I went to a Tony Robbins event. I think it was like $3,000 for the ticket. I wanted to be all the people who were successful or at. I didn't want to be up in the you know, nosebleed seats. I wanted to be around the game changers. So I scraped up together $3,000 and bought the ticket. It was a big deal and a lot, a lot of money for me at the time. I think I used three different credit cards to actually buy that ticket. And I went to this hotel room. I booked a motel actually. It wasn't a hotel that had like eight or nine cameras on the outside of it. Okay. And, um, I remember like two different Lyft drivers walked me up to my room because it was that sketchy looking. There was some sort of like prostitution ring going on there, but I was told you never really sleep in the rooms. I, you know, was a bodybuilder. I knew how to take my food with me. There was a microwave and a refrigerator. I cooked everything. I took it. I saved my money there and I spent the money on the ticket. When I was there, I was a couple rows back from the top row. I was three, sorry, sections back uh, from the top row. And I remember I met these uh, three other amazing young people that ran businesses, super successful. I loved being in their energy. And I think it was day two or day three, but it was the one where, you know, the day uh, where he, if you've been to um, Unleash the Power Within, he has this, ah, yeah, he's, you know, he's like, um, I am the voice. And he's like screaming and it's so, you're crying and it's helping you through. Okay, that day. So, I went to the bathroom and came back and they said, do not partner up with people you've partnered up with already. I'm like, "Uh oh, everybody had already partnered up. And I went to this woman who she was very pretty older lady. Um, and she dressed really nice and she was a platinum partner, which means she's in Tony's um, year long programs. So she grabbed my hand. She's like, let's find your partner. We walk all the way to the front. There's nobody available. She looks at Tony because she doesn't have a partner pointing to me. And then Tony said, you be her partner to her because platinum partners weren't allowed to partner with people. So we did, we stood right there. I had my two limiting beliefs. He was met, he was, he was coaching us from the stage. And then when we were done and I was crying and she was helping me, I was in front of the platinum partners. There was like Tony, his bodyguards that on the sides. And then we were standing right there. And then the front row was behind us. She left me there after that exercise. I was like, where are you going? She's like, I'll be back. You stay right here. I'm like, okay, then all of a sudden I have a voice thing starts. The lights go down, the light show comes on. Tony's right in front of me. There's a stage there. And then there's me and then 10,000 people behind us. And he's like larger than life. And I'm right in front of him. And he's like, I have a voice. And he's going on and he's, I am the voice. I am this. And I'm in front of him. I'm like, holy crap, I'm right in front of this guy. And I'm crying and we're yelling and it's amazing lights come on. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm standing here right in front of him. Like it was our own little concert. People are going up to shake his hand afterwards. And he looks over at me and he kind of points me over and I come over. He's like crouching down on, on, on his knees and he sticks his hand out, which is like literally the size of my head. And I'm like, hi, nice to meet. You. I didn't know what to say. 
but I had a moment where I was holding his hand. He was holding my hand and we weren't talking and I was just looking in his eyes. And I remember seeing this in Brenda Bouchard's a little bit, but when I saw it in Tony's eyes, it was completely different. And I looked in his eyes and I was like, what is this? It was pure magic. I was looking in his eyes. I'm like, I've never seen this before. It was like, I felt this feeling like this guy's like the Messiah. He's like a prophet. There's something he's been here before. His eyes were brown, but they were like, a, it was a different, it wasn't, I, I looked beyond his eyes. I can't explain it. I left that moment and I was like, whoa, what was that? Another guy I'd met in line, he's like, come here, come sit with me. And he sat me down in the second row. Some woman had left and uh, he's like, sit with me. I ended up doing the rest of the, um, the day there. But I went back to that woman and I said, you know, I saw this, in, this thing in Tony's eyes and I can't explain what was going on. And she said, if you saw it in his eyes, it was in your eyes too. Just remember that. And I was like, whoa, you can't see what's not already within you, right? It was that moment I knew I was, I was here for something really big. I just didn't know what. I just kept trusting. It's really big. And leaving there, I was like, I'm going to be at the female Tony Robbins. You know, I'm going to have a big stadium with lots of people and I'm going to change so many lives. And I was just, I don't know how I'm going to do it. But every day I showed up. When I got back, I think I had like 4,000 people friend requesting me. It was insane. And I just kept showing up online. I kept showing up online. I kept doing the work, I kept showing up online. Fast forward to 2018. And I decided I was like just making posts and I decided to just put a little thing on the end. I'm like, message me if you want help. And then people messaged me and I got my first clients. And I was like, I was still doing a little bit of other work. And I was like, okay, let me take this in. Let me see if, let me see if I can do this. I took a few clients in. I'm like, all right, this is working. This is great. I know what I'm doing here. I can really help them. And then 2019, I didn't do a lot. I had only had a couple of clients in 2018. It wasn't a big deal. 2019, I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to do a program. I'm going to, I'm going to launch a program. I've been talking about doing this program. I was going to do a, a manifesting program the year before 2019. I built my website myself. I spent 200 and something dollars and I built my website myself. I had no money. Remember that I've got click funnel. I didn't know what the heck I was doing with it, but I was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to use, I got the $97 version. I'm going to do this. I'm going to figure it out. I had no idea. I kept watching YouTube videos, teaching myself. I didn't have a team. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just going for and built the website and then i launched the program i had 18 people join my hotline of the universe manifesting program the people in that program were like you literally changed my life the, re the response from that program was extraordinary people were like oh my gosh this is life-changing i didn't only teach them how to manifest but i taught them how to heal i taught them to how to emotionally shift energy because that's how i did it and they figured out my method and their lives completely changed. I took on a couple more. I took, I took another class after that about social media. And then I took on, you know, one or two more private clients, but then I had to really go back and do some more work. 2020, I'm like, this is my year. I'm going out and doing it. Launched Hotline Universe again in 2020, uh, made $4,500 or just a little bit over that. I think in, in January, February, March, I, I launched a 30, no, 90 day program. Had about nine people join people from the hotline. They joined that program. I had no idea still what I was doing. I was just doing it. And then I made about $51,000. I signed a private client at the time. One of the gals in hotline, she didn't want to go in the, the group program. She wanted to work with me. And I invested it into a mentor. And I sat in this mentor's mentorship for six weeks or so. And I wasn't making money like the rest of the women. I was just observing. I'm like, what's going on? 
I then allowed myself to integrate and implement what I taught, what I was taught or what was expanding in me. Cause I was always someone to reflect and go back. Cause I know I shift in consciousness. If I want it to be permanent. I have to really understand what that shift is. June of 2020, I had a $301,000 month. It was sales. Um, it was one of the biggest months that I've had. I signed on five private clients in one week. One week I made $281,000 on a launch, a five-day launch, a manifesting program. It was extraordinary. It was amazing what I could do. And then after that, I'm like, I've got this. I know what I'm doing. I can do this. The next month, I'm like, okay, how do I make this money? It was like freaking out again. I'm like, okay, you can't think about making the money. You have to just allow yourself to serve. So that's what I did. I realized when it was money-driven, you were never going to make the money. And then in July, I had this whole thing come up. It's going to come up in another podcast because it's getting really long as it is. But this is the story. Um, I learned how to calm my nervous system and really allow wealth to come in. It was a rewiring. And after that, they say it was gravy, right? I made half a million dollars in that year. The year prior, I think I made 20000 or something. Half a million dollars. I took my family to Cancun, all expenses paid in December. I didn't even work the month of December. 2020 comes around and I'm like, oh my gosh, this magic is happening all over again. By the way, June, 2020, I said by June, 2021, I was going to make a million dollars cash within 12 months. And guess what I did? I did it. I made a million dollars. And then in 2021, I made a million dollars in 11 months, just under, just, just under 11 months. It was 10 months and three weeks. I got my quick funnels to come up award. Uh, so many amazing things happened. Then I took all my family then to Cancun for an all expenses paid trip for 14 days. Everybody I flew everybody down there. It was amazing. I have had the most extraordinary life. I want you to be a part of it. I'm going to teach you things. I'm going to share things with you. I want this podcast to be a place where you can come and you can get that shift where you can be understood. And maybe you're not ready to join one of my programs. Maybe you're just needing somebody to help you really go through because the woman I was in that yoga mat, the woman I am today, I love both of those women. Just one of them now, she just knows more. She knows, she understands who she is. She realized that it's okay to be herself. She's taken off all the masks and authentically become this most powerful woman that you are listening to right now. She knows it's safe to be herself. She knows it's safe to trust her emotions. She knows it's safe to be vulnerable, to let the shield down, be in her feminine and allow all the wealth to flow through her. She is a master receiver. I want you to also become that. Listen, I've got millions now, but I tell you the greatest thing that I ever learned was how to fall deeply in love with myself for all who I am. And I want you to also feel that too. So if you enjoyed this, please send it to a girlfriend. Leave me a, leave me a review. Let me know and more to come. I am going to knock your socks off in such a different way. You're going to be like blown away by the information. I want this podcast to be one of the number one downloaded podcasts to help women out there empower themselves and realize that this is not the end where you're at. We are allowed to start all over anytime, any place. And guess what? You have all the power within you to do, be, and have everything that you've designed in your life or what you want. We are going to create the most amazing life. So I love you. Enjoy this, share it, listen to it again. Leave me a feedback or a comment. Come join the Quantum Woman group. It's a free Facebook group. Download my wealth meditation. Um, check out shaminataylor.com and there's more information there for you. I love you. Take care and we'll talk soon.